0: We're looking at goodness today. I'm glad to be diving into this. I hear you've had an amazing time over the last couple of weeks <clears throat> looking at kindness and patience. Um, I have a picture for you, which I think will just, if you haven't been around the last couple of weeks, which, which I have not, um, uh, I, I have a picture that I think will help just wrap up um, kindness and patience. Let's look at that together. Ultimately, I believe that this is a demonstration of kindness and patience. Uh, ultimately, it's patience, and the little boy on the bottom said, you go first. And obviously, the distinct nature of kindness would be that you would lay one's life down for a friend. It's a powerful moving image. Feel free to uh, take a picture of that and show your friends. But that's kindness and patience wrapped up, but we're looking at goodness today. And I'm going to speak a little bit shorter um, this morning, just I wanted to share a little bit about CORE. Um, But we are obviously, as a church family, we're in Galatians. We've been going through uh, each aspect of the fruit of the Spirit really not um, by way of gaining some information, but allowing the Spirit to form something in us. This is the beauty of the personal work of the Holy Spirit, that he at one level is not interested in what we have in our head as information, but he is absolutely committed to forming something in us. Anything that's formed in us will produce fruit, and when it's the fruit that the Holy Spirit We know that we are going to see fruit that remains lasting, healthy, whole lives that are demonstrations and reflections of the work of the Spirit in us. And this is where we're going this morning again in looking at goodness. Father, thank you for this opportunity to allow your word to shape our lives. Thank you for Holy Spirit, that your presence is with us, that we don't take this journey um, simply to know more, but um, Father, we ask that you, by your spirit, would bring revelation that would be revealed, that would change our lives in Jesus name. Amen. So this word "goodness" that we find in Galatians, <coughs> it comes from the word. Uh, the Greek word agathos. And that's really where I, wanna, I want to zero in <coughs> on this one word and, and unpack um, really the, the distinct nature of what this Greek word uh, means and how it applies to our lives. Um, agathos simply means this it means being good in character and beneficial in effect, and it includes goodness in a moral sense or right. So there are two facets to this word that Paul very intentionally uses uh, here in Galatians. There's two parts to this fruit that we're to demonstrate and grow and nurture in our lives. Firstly, it's being in good character in a way that is beneficial, in a way that takes effect. And secondly, it's a goodness that is marked by a moral sense or a right. And I want to pick apart those two things this morning. Firstly being being in good character um, such that that we 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 see the effects of that character is is really important the reality of this goodness that the bible's talking about here that paul's talking about is that it's a it's a goodness of character <clears throat> that it can be seen that it can be heard that it can be appreciated that it's tangible it's not some vague external concept, but it is a it's a reality that we live in and that we live from that really impacts and takes effect. The goodness flowing from our lives is to bring a benefit. It's to benefit other people. This is the kind of goodness that we're talking about. It has an impact, it affects, and it brings a benefit. And this this um this goodness is actually it's linked to kindness. The reason why Paul uses kindness and goodness back to back in these verses is that there are the, the interchangeable nature of kindness and goodness is, is what he's really going after and Sarah did a beautiful job if you weren't here, a podcast her talk on kindness is amazing but one of the things that she quoted is that is a kindness is love with its work boots on now if kindness is, is love with its work boots on similarly the first act aspect of goodness is that it has some substance to it as well. It's beneficial in in effect. It's goodness that, that touches lives and leaves a footprint of love wherever it goes. So if kindness is love putting its work boots on, then goodness is the footprint that love leaves as we live out our lives and demonstrate the fruit of this goodness in our lives so that's the first part of this fruit of goodness that is to be growing and nurtured and flowing from our lives but the second part of this word agathos is a goodness of moral uh, a goodness in moral sense or rightness and I want to look at that further in a few minutes but in other words there's just simply put there's a distinctive of this goodness that holds to a very clear and holds fast to a very concise moral code. And listen, it's a, it's a goodness demonstrated in our life that is it's pleasing to God. It's a goodness that says, my life is yielded to his ways. Uh, my life is yielded to his standard. My life is laid down to his design." This is, this is the reality of goodness expressed in, in our lives, that it, it holds fast to a, a standard that God has for us to live. And as we'll find out as we dive into this this morning, we are, we are committed in this journey of discipleship to, to applying our lives to the, to, the, to the blueprint of Scripture, to the plumb line of God's Word. That our life in walking in this goodness, this moral code, that it, it would reflect the standard that we find in God's word. And that ultimately we, through this journey of walking in goodness, could walk in righteousness, which simply just means in right relationship with God. So this is goodness. It's two parts, two distinct aspects. The goodness of character that brings effect, that brings benefit to all those around us. And secondly, it's a lifestyle that reflects the plumb line of God's standard. And we're going to dive into both of those things. But I want us to be clear what those two things really are. I really believe that the first aspect of goodness, that goodness of character that brings effect, I believe that that comes as a result of living full of the Holy Spirit. And allowing the true nature of God to be demonstrated. This true nature of a father which actually becomes our identity in Christ. When we become sons and daughters of God we take on a new nature and we reflect the character and nature of God. And this is, this is the journey of goodness. It's, it's being filled with Holy Spirit. Being assured of our identity as sons and daughters and beginning to reflect back to a world just how good a character and nature of our Father is. That's firstly where I believe that, that that aspect of goodness comes from. It comes from being filled with Holy Spirit. The second aspect I believe is a result of radical dedication to discipleship. This is where we roll up our sleeves and begin to engage with the Bible. We begin to engage with Scripture and to say, actually, if this is going to become our blueprint, if this Word of God is going to become the way that I live my life, then I'm going to choose to allow this to shape how goodness is demonstrated in my life. This moral code, this standard of God, this blueprint of heaven that's that's so beautifully architected in scripture, it becomes the way by which I live my life. And that's the second aspect of goodness. That actually we would allow the Holy Spirit to throw up the plumb line of, of God's word to our lives, hold up the mirror of God's word to our lives and we could look and say, do I reflect god's design do i reflect god's order am i living in god's right way am i living in righteousness it is both both those two things it is the filling of the holy spirit and our radical dedication to discipleship first bit we love second bit less so right being filled with the holy spirit The grace of God to impart to us his nature and his character. And then the second part, working that out, rolling up our sleeves and saying, my life is going to look different because of the discipleship journey that I'm on. It is that beautiful partnership of being filled with Holy Spirit and our radical dedication and commitment to discipleship. It is both the amazing part of his part and my part that I get to play alongside him. It is entirely partnership. And goodness is no different. It is both the outworking of a a spiritual reality of Holy Spirit living in me but also the very practical, very real way in which I live my life according to God's will and his ways. It's absolutely, completely a work of grace but it's absolutely, completely a a work of hard graft as I say I'm committing to walk in God's right way. It's the beautiful partnership of those things. And I want to unpack both of those aspects of agathos, of goodness this morning, in a way that hopefully gives you something practicable, practical to anchor to. But also I believe that, that fundamentally that this journey of allowing goodness to grow in our lives it can become an incredibly fun journey, especially for those around us. Because I, I, I believe that the, the journey of of expressing and nurturing goodness is a journey where everyone gets to benefit that the environment around us when we walk in a room that goodness would be manifest that when we interact with our work colleagues that goodness would be something that they discover and taste and see in how I live my life alongside them that actually this this amazing benefit that comes is not my benefit, but it is for the benefit of anyone else around me. The atmosphere, people, my work environments, that ultimately the goodness displayed in my life has an incredible benefit for those around us. So I want to look at um, those two things in in a slightly deeper way and a more focused, practical way. If we're saying that goodness, first of all, agathos, goodness, is character that brings benefit. then I feel like this statement is really helpful. The goodness we display is a reflection. It's a reflection of the character and nature of God. Goodness is our family trait and a fruit of the Spirit dwelling inside of us. Let me say that one more time. The goodness we display, is a, it's a reflection, like a mirror, it's a reflection of the character and nature of God. Goodness is our family trait and a fruit of God's spirit dwelling inside us. I say that it's a reflection because that invites us into a journey of understanding what it is or rather who it is that we are reflecting to the world around us. And this fundamentally is a journey of discipleship that we, we don't just know of God, but we know God and then are able to reflect him to the world around us. That This really is the beauty of discipleship. It is, it's not a journey of head knowledge. It's, a, it's an awareness and a deep understanding of, of who I am supposed to reflect to the world around me. Wayne Grudem in his book Systematic Theology describes God's goodness like this. He says the goodness of God means that God is the final standard of good and that all that God is and does is good and worthy of approval. There is no higher standard of good than God's own character. So the goodness that we get to display, it's a mirror. It's putting on full display as we mirror the character and nature of God to the world around us. In some senses, a mirror doesn't need to try hard to reflect back what it is that that is stood in front of the mirror. But part of our journey is to be so fully uh, um, connected to and intimate with Father God that our lives become a demonstration, a reflection of who he is. And it's no difference in this journey of goodness. Remember that goodness is displaying a reflection and character and nature of God. It's my family trait. You know, when I stepped into relationship with God because of what Jesus did on the cross, by by his Holy Spirit, I'm able to see him and know him as Abba Father, and in this, in this beautiful exchange that I get to step into a new identity, that my DNA is now the DNA of Father God, that ultimately I reflect in the same way that at some level my son reflects who I am. He's got my ears. Go and take a look at him later. He reflects my ears. He's got big ears. They used to say, how do you make Phil's ears the size of a football pitch? Fold them in half. No, it's okay. I'm okay with it. That's the way I was made. (laughs) But ultimately, this this amazing aspect of us becoming adopted as God's sons and daughters is that we now reflect our Father's image. And that's exactly what happens in this journey of goodness, that we reflect the goodness, the character, the nature and the goodness of, of our Father. I think we miss out on the enormity of what it means when we talk about God is good. I think we miss out because of our way, the way that we use good in our everyday. You know, nearly every time we use the word good, it's in the context of opinion. You know, that was a good cup of tea, or that was a good cup of coffee. It's always based on a, on a context of opinion. So, and often we land on good being sort of mid-range and average. You know, did, you have a, did you have a, how was your holiday? Well, it was good, but it wasn't amazing. And you're like, well, okay, all of a sudden we've sort of devalued good to being this subjective description, this opinion. And if we apply that, if we superimpose our English language onto how we approach God, ultimately we start to dilute down who God is to being God, well, he's nice. you know. He's good, he's nice, he's sort of grandparish. But really that doesn't reflect the depth of understanding of, 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 of God being in very nature good. He's not a good cup of coffee. He is in very nature good. You know, God is good, it's objective. It's an absolute statement of fact. God is in very nature absolutely good, morally perfect in every way he is good. It's much bigger than a good cup of coffee. That statement is very much up for debate, especially in the tea realms in my household. My wife thinks I make a terrible cup of tea. It's an improvement from my mum's cup of tea, but it's a generational thing. We're working on it. But you know, this, this subjective way in which we use good, it just doesn't help us because there is a, a depth of understanding of, of the nature and character of God which is good, it's not subjective. He's good. He's absolutely good all the time. But this nature, this character of God that we can understand and grapple with and we can find in Scripture, it's to become the way in which we mirror our lives to the world. That actually we have a very high standard for good out of which to live our lives. And that is the goodness of God. If my life is to be a reflection of God's goodness to the world around me, I have a very high standard on which to begin to, to start to live out and challenge and disciple my own life towards God's goodness and my reflection of that goodness is going to be a lifelong journey for every single one of us. You know, if the goodness displayed in our lives is a reflection of the goodness of God, then wouldn't we, it would be helpful for us to understand what that goodness actually looks like, right? If we are to understand what we're supposed to reflect, it would be good to know what it is that we're reflecting, right? So I want to ask a question, what is God's goodness like? And therefore, what would the goodness in my life look like demonstrated as a fruit of the Spirit in my life? So we're going to look at some, um, some scriptures together, and they're, they're in Psalm. So I want to look at um, some practical things on the basis that actually discovering the nature of God's goodness gives us a blueprint to begin to start to look at, well, what does the goodness growing in my love life look like as I step towards reflecting God's goodness? Psalm 27 says this, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. While I'm here in the land of the living. God's goodness, it, it's seen. It's not a vague concept that we point to. It's, it's seen. It's not just a future hope. It's a present reality. So if God's goodness is, is not just some distant concept. It's not just a, a, a sense of hope for the future. But it's a, it's a present reality that I can see then actually the the blueprint for my goodness as it grows is that it would be seen, that I would reflect a goodness that can be seen by others around me. And ultimately, coming back to this agathos goodness, that it would be beneficial in nature, that it would have an impact to the lives and the people and the situations around me. But ultimately, if if God's goodness can be seen, I believe as I reflect God's goodness, the goodness that is growing in my life should be seen. Psalms goes one step further. In in Psalm 34, verse 8, it says this taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. You know, God's goodness is not just to be seen, but it's to be experienced. There's something tangible, practical, beneficial in nature to, to God's goodness. So as I hold that up to the mirror of my life and I reflect it back into my workplace, into my family, towards my neighbors, I understand that this is this goodness that is going to grow in my life, it's not just going to be seen, but it's going to be practical and tangible. It's going to be tasted and experienced by those around me. So we're stepping up a level. It's not just a vague concept, a a hope of something that might happen in the future. It's a very present reality that we can see, but those around us will tangibly touch, smell, see, experience to their benefit this goodness that grows in my life. What about the nature of it? Psalm 23 verse 6 says this, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, God's goodness is intentional and proactive. It's not only can it be seen, not only is it practical and tangible and it can be tasted and experienced to the benefit of those around me, but it has a tenacity to it that ultimately says it's practical. And therefore, if if my life is to reflect my father's nature, the character and the goodness of God, then actually... Maybe I'm to be way more intentional with the expression of goodness in my life, knowing that it should be seen, seen, tasted, heard, experienced to people's benefit, then actually that the nature of goodness that I express should be intentional and practical. And maybe that it doesn't wait. That's the picture I get of of God's goodness here in those verses, that it follows me. It doesn't doesn't wait. It's proactive. And I think that challenges us. It challenges us to think about how proactive am I in in expressing goodness to those around me? Do I wait to be good in response to experiencing good? I think that's often the way that we're wired. We, We do good to those who do good to us. But actually, I think there's a tenacity, there's an intentionality around the goodness of the fruit of the Spirit, this agathos goodness, that would mean we're super intentional. That we would look for ways for our goodness to be experienced by the people around us. And listen, you can start with kindness. They're interlinked. Get those work boots of love on and go for a walk. Go for a walk around your office. Go for a walk down your street. And look at how kindness and goodness can be proactively demonstrated to those around you. It's intentional. Another dynamic of God's goodness is that it just does not run out. Psalm 31 verse 19 says this, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you've stored up for those who fear you, and work for those who take refuge in you, in the sight of the children of mankind. Listen, God's goodness is unlimited Um, and again for us as as ones who look to reflect back to the world around us this goodness of our father we can spend a long time unpacking unlimited goodness right this is one of the challenges i think of our humanity is that we often give up really easily (laughs) But just God, that's not in God's nature. He's so committed. He's so extravagant. He's so intentional around his goodness being positioned towards you. And yet, how many of us are like, well, you know, I'll maybe smile. But if they don't smile back, I probably won't smile again at them. Like our goodness is so temporal. It's so defined by our, our own human limitations. God's goodness is, is unlimited. It doesn't dry up. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't give up. This is a picture of, of, in these verses, it's a picture of goodness being stored up. It's a picture of goodness almost being held in waiting to be deposited at any moment towards us. Is that the way we live our lives towards people? That we are literally storing up goodness just so that at any moment we can position ourselves to unleash goodness on those around us or a situation around us or our neighbors, our streets, our offices. Is that the way we're positioned? Maybe not. I was thinking about this that, uh, you know, we, we've just, as a staff team, we've, um, we've all just done our love languages because I want to know how I can best communicate to the people in my team. You know, for some people, um, you know, words of affirmation are not really going to to bless them. But a big hug and a rub on the back might. You know, the reality is, is that actually, dis- that's all right, isn't it? I won't tell you who it is, but we have many physical touch people in our office. But this there's this reality of goodness that ultimately means I could be so intentional that I could discover in in your life where the best place for goodness to land would be I could be I could be sitting on the bus on the way to work and I could be mapping out my day I could be that intentional about expressing and releasing goodness in my workplace that on the bus I could be thinking do you know what I've got this meeting coming up with that person and I I know that they're gonna I, I this is the best way that I could express goodness to them there's this other person that I know would just would find it so helpful if I got alongside them and, and helped them with their work. Or if I, you know, you could map out a journey of goodness for your day. You could do it with your family. You could do it with your neighbors. Think about your neighbors. Just the people that are in the proximity around you. Like, how could you best show goodness to them? And be intentional. Be tenacious with expressing that goodness. I'd like to think that we could be, we could tenaciously go after releasing goodness in a way almost where we're so we're so intentional that we store it like God. We store up goodness, just waiting for that opportunity. Listen, for some of it, for some of us, we're actually just going to have to start by thinking nice thoughts about people. That would be a start. Like I'm just going to think nice thoughts about people. So the next time I meet them, I'm going to tell them something nice about them. Like that would be a start to the, this journey of goodness. But I think if we're not intentional to nurture and cultivate goodness, we will let life and people and situations just pass us by. When actually they were always supposed to be a landing strip for goodness. That my life could express goodness and courage and and kindness to those around me. That the interactions that I have during my day, they're just a landing strip for kindness and goodness. But if we're not intentional to think, well, what, does, what is goodness going to look like to this person? Then actually we don't ever store up this wealth of goodness that can be expressed in every season, to every person, and in every situation. So that's goodness as a character, as a reflection of the character and the goodness and the nature of God. And we know that it's to bring benefit. Listen. If the result of your life is not bringing benefit to those around you, it's not goodness. Okay? So begin to be okay with with receiving and understanding and, and be maturing in this journey of feedback. Like if you say something to somebody and they're offended, that wasn't goodness landing in their life right? So just be aware, be emotionally aware enough to know if I'm going to be someone who stewards and nurtures and cultivates goodness, I want to know that where the goodness of my life lands, that it really is bringing benefit. So that was goodness as a character, as a reflection of the goodness and the nature of God. But what about a lifestyle that reflects the plumb line of God's standard? Because this is the other aspect of um, Agathos. It is this plumb line of God's standard by which we live by. It's the way in which that we hold up this, this beautiful um, blueprint of God's word and allow it to speak to my life and dictate how I live. I want to um, pull a couple of scriptures out for you in Ephesians um, 5 and I want to read it from two different Translations. Ephesians 5 and verses 8 to 10 says this For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. I love that invitation find out what pleases the Lord. Like This is going to be one of the keys for us in this journey of cultivating and nurturing goodness is simply asking the question, God, what, what brings you delight? What pleases you, God? Because whatever that is, that is going to have goodness on it. Whatever pleases and delights you, God, that's where I'm going to place my time, my energy, and my resource. My life is going to discover the things that please God. Let me read those verses again, but in the Amplified Version, it just unpacks it with greater measure. It says this, For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to light. Listen, this is the change. This is the change that we were once in darkness, but we are now adopted as God's sons and daughters. We are now children of light, and we're to live according to that new identity verse 9 for the fruit the effect the result of light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth trying to learn by experience what is pleasing to the Lord and letting your lifestyle be examples of what is most acceptable to him listen this is what goodness is it's it's letting your lifestyle be an example of what is most pleasing what is most acceptable to him Your behavior expressing gratitude to God for your salvation. Listen, these verses are really clear. It's a a challenge of consecration. It's a challenge of discipleship. It's a challenge of of laying your life down to to God's way, not your way. And what these verses are saying is is live in a certain way. But go on a journey in in this living in a certain way of discovering what pleases God. You are the demonstration of God's goodness and it requires you to live according to that goodness. You know, this, this second aspect of Agathos, this fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, includes a goodness that is a moral standard, that is a plumb line of right and wrong. And listen, there are no shortcuts this process there is no half-hearted approach to this process it begins with us being yielded to God setting him and him alone as first in our lives it's this journeying of being able to um, live our lives in the full reality of the salvation that God gave to us and in doing so we respond by saying not my way but your word That the word of the Lord would become a plumb line to the way in which we live. That ultimately we would discover in this beautiful, intimate journey with God, we would discover what pleases Him. And then we would give our lives to those things. That's what goodness is, is all about. That this journey of nurturing goodness as a fruit of the Spirit is not just reflecting the character and nature of a good God, but it is rolling up our sleeves. It is saying, I, I, I'm not in this thing for a social club Sunday experience. I'm in it to give my life back to Jesus in the way that he gave his life for me. It's saying that my life is now as a, is, is, is in line with a response that says, you gave everything for me, I'm giving and laying down everything for you. That I would discover in this, in this amazing journey of discovering um, the plumb line of Scripture. And listen, we, we become so familiar with our relationship with the Bible. And that needs to end. Maturity, this journey of, of allowing what is, what is spiritual to be nurtured. We can't, it cannot be devoid of our relationship and journey with the Bible with the plumb line of scripture that says God has a standard, that he has a way, and it's for our benefits. So I'm excited for this journey of goodness. I have been trying some of this this week with my kids to mixed effect. Uh, uh, at some points they are looking at me um, bemused as to why I'm being so nice to them, which is probably... a bad reflection on me but anyway this journey has been uh, even this week for me in in saying how can I discover more of the goodness and nature and character of God and reflect that to every conversation I'm in how can I reflect it into the people that, that encounter me I'm even trying to let it affect how I drive yep revival is here but it's true we get to reflect in every aspect of our lives the goodness and the character and nature of God So let's plumb the depths of understanding and experience of who he is so we can reflect him through our goodness to the world. But more than that, let's consecrate ourselves. Let's set ourselves towards the plumb line of God's standard. Let's be ruthless with the things that God says are are his way. Let's choose him above our own desires. And let's allow this plumb line of goodness to be something that impacts the way we live our lives why don't you stand and I want to pray one of the things that i've most enjoyed about diving into this aspect of goodness is is seeing the invitations throughout scripture. Even in the scriptures we've read, the, the invitations for greater intimacy with God. That actually that discovering what pleases God isn't about discovering a rule book. How many of you realize that, that discovering what pleases God is not about discovering a rule book, it's about discovering a person. And listen, listen, this was why this is why our lives Were bought with such a high price that it wasn't we weren't saved into a regimented understanding of keeping rules we were saved into relationship with a father that we get to discover what pleases him and that the goodness of our lives would be be reflected in that journey so i want to just um pray that holy spirit would come and once again refresh us fill us and in some ways to launch us into a great adventure of reflecting the goodness of God, but also that it would, it would launch us into a journey of intimacy with God where we would discover what pleases Him, where we discover what gives Him pleasure and we give our lives to those things wholeheartedly. So Father, we ask that you come and in only the way that you can do, you would send your Holy Spirit, that we would be filled from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We just say we are open to being filled by you, Holy Spirit. And Father, in this place of of, of experiencing and knowing that you come and you fill us again, you refresh us again, that you have a purpose and a plan for good fruit to be nurtured and grown in our lives. I pray, God, that we would go on a fun journey with you holy spirit this week that we'd actually you'd awaken our senses to the goodness around us the goodness that we find in your character and nature but you'd awaken us to this um yeah this fun journey of expressing that wherever we might be that god will you be extravagant in our goodness that we'd be intentional in our goodness Father, we would see that our workplaces is just a landing strip for goodness. That our relationships are just a landing strip for goodness. And Father, as we do that, I pray that we would open up our ears to hear again what pleases you. That Father, we'd return to the, to the, um, to the discipline of diving into your word, to, to discovering the things in, in your word that point to a way that is not our way. And the Father, we consecrate, we give ourselves to you again completely. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take us by the hand in this journey and that you lead us into fruitfulness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you take us by the hand and as we leave this place, even this morning, that we get to leave here different than, we'll, than the way we came in. Holy Spirit, you'd rewire our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer team, would you just make yourself available over to my left? Um, If you're here this morning and you'd love someone just to stand with you and pray with you. um, if you're sick this morning, we'd love to pray for you. But I know that, um, that many people come on a Sunday and there's things that are at the forefront of your mind, things that um, you know you're wrestling with, things that are just going on in life. You'd love just community to wrap itself around you and to uh, to stand with you and pray with you. Maybe this is your first time here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know if I can trust this group of people with stuff that I'm going through. Listen, look at this smiling group of people over here that's that's your cue to smile now genuinely we'd love to just stand with you and pray with you if there's things that you're going through don't feel like you need to leave here the same way that you came in like, um, God wants to meet you right where you are he loves you right where you're at and the beauty of God's family is that we get to wrap ourselves around one another and support and encourage and bring strength to one another whatever we're going through so if you need prayer this morning come and do that other than that If you're here with us for the very first time, please come and find us at the info point over at the Guest Lounge. We've got a gift for you. We want to make sure you get that before you leave. Vine Life Church family, before you go and grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee that will be good-ish, before you do that, go and find someone you've never met before. Just take a minute. Say hi to them. Introduce yourself to them. Make sure that you're looking out for people that are maybe here for the first time. Go and get them a coffee. Get them some refreshments. Other than that, guys, head over if you want some prayer. These guys will be around for the next 10, 15 minutes. Other than that, God bless you. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to seeing you next week.